0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
2: And I'm Scott Galloway.
1: So, Scott, it's a pretty slow news week this week. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I just sort of sit back, uh, you know, pull the pull the lazy boy back crack crack open a mike's hard lemonade and let's um let's examine the shit show that is our life and the world that surrounds it
1: it's amazing it's like this is like every week like only a couple days was it Iran- a ukraine great gate and now we have Shooting uh, immigrants in the legs. We've got uh, just in the legs, (laughs) Kara. So much stuff. So much stuff. And we work obviously continues.
2: Yeah, just but just in the leg. I mean, we're not we're we're a humanitarian (laughs) people, Kara. Just in the leg. We don't want to kill them. We just want to maim them.
1: Maim them very for the rest because they're you know they're doing so well already in their lives. We want to just give them that extra little horror show that they can take away from the United States of America. All right. So much to do. But first of all, the big story breakdown, obviously, is uh, we're going to do a little something different. On Tuesday, friend of the show Casey Newton, who you call uh, Schmacy from The Verge, broke a big story. Someone inside Facebook secretly courted Mark Zuckerberg talking to employees for two hours about Elizabeth Warren, TikTok, and his refusal to testify in several countries, among other topics. Scott, you and I are definitely going to have some things to say about this. But first, we're going to play a mini interview I did with Casey on Tuesday, right after he broke the story. And uh, let's take a listen.
3: Kara, thank you so much for having me back on Pivot.
1: Yeah. So tell me, tell us what you did today. You had an astonishing scoop. By the way, you've had amazing scoops all year around social media, including around content moderators on Facebook that were just devastating as far as I was concerned and beautifully reported. But today, boom.
3: Uh, well, thank you. Uh, so the, the story today was somebody uh, shared with me two hours of leaked audio from internal Facebook meetings where Mark Zuckerberg held a Q&A with his employees. They could kind of come up to the mic, ask whatever they wanted. And in them, he makes a variety of newsworthy comments about his plan to sue the government in the event that Elizabeth Warren gets elected and tries to break them up, uh, you know, how they plan on crushing competitors like TikTok and all sorts of other things.
1: So there were a lot in there. So let's unpack a couple. The first, go through the main ones. Yeah. The first one is suing the
0: government.
3: Yeah, so, like, you know, someone asks, listen, what are we going to do uh, in the event uh, of an attempt at a breakup? And, uh, and and basically, how seriously are we taking this? And Zuckerberg says that in the event that uh, that Warren wins, he predicts that there will be a case where they try to break up Facebook. And Zuckerberg predicts that they will win. Uh, he says that they just have a better case and that if you broke Up Facebook, they wouldn't be as good at fighting election interference and all sorts of other things.
0: Because they've
1: been so good so far.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so, I mean, his argument is because we are big and because we have so much money, we can actually invest in in fighting this stuff. And the dig that he takes at Twitter is, you know, he says, this is why Twitter isn't as good at fighting election interference. They can't invest as much as we can. Uh, The amount of money we've invested in security is larger than the revenue of their whole company. Um, so that's kind Let of. Let me a, just yeah. say
1: in the words of Matthew McConaughey in that fine movie that he did. I don't how to lose a man in fifteen <laughs> mm-hmm. days or whatever. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? You don't have to have an opinion, but it was really an astonishing claim given their poor record, even if they've improved the situation. I see
3: it from both sides uh, because you know when Facebook was really small and was limited to college dorms, um, it was also really good at fighting election interference, right? Because nobody tried mm-hmm. because it was small. Like I think there's a good case to be right. made for a small size, and I think that sort of the more social networks you have, the more communication platforms it is, or, or that there are, the more friction there is if you're a bad actor, if you're a Russian agent, and you want to swing the election, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, what if you had 40 places you had to go attack, you know, instead of three right. or four? So, I think that's a big uh, factor that often gets left out of the size discussion.
1: Agree. I think innovation in small companies, of which Facebook sits over like lard on a like on chicken soup, <laughs> is the problem. That there's not enough of these things yeah. um, to, to be able to do this, and I think to claim otherwise that bigness is great is not. is shocking from a company is trying to be innovative. Yeah. And, and it sounds like Microsoft, actually.
3: Well, sure.
1: And, and you, you see days. this
3: sort of over and over again where there will be some upstart competitor and Facebook takes it apart, figures it out how it works, clones it, you know, launches it in some other country, perfects it, and then it, it takes over the world. And we saw it with Instagram Stories and I'm sure we'll, we'll see it again. Um, and another part of the story is where he talks about TikTok. Somebody says, hey, TikTok, it's, you know, up and coming. Like, what are we going to do about it? And so Zuckerberg talks through how well, you know, we built an app called Lasso uh, and now we, we're taking it to countries where TikTok isn't already big and we're going to perfect it there and then we're going to take it to places where uh, TikTok is big and we're going to compete with it directly. So really interesting insight into how they handle these threats tactically.
1: Well, I call it shoplifting. I mean, why don't they think of this in the first place? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. really, you know, look, you know I have my teens, Louie and Alex, they don't use Facebook. They use Instagram sometimes. But I, I have to say, like, come up with a product as good like TikTok might be a start. Yeah. But you can't because you're
3: too big. <laughs> so they have a division called, like, it's like new product experimentation, NPE, I think it's called. And they are trying to do that. Um, and they brought in some founders of like social companies that, you know, had initial success. And they're going to try to create a homegrown success, but they haven't been able to do it at a large scale in a long time.
1: It's very microsoft yeah. It's like, why don't we just open Snapchat and copy whatever they're doing? That's what it feels like. It's felt like that. for So in terms of, of of the tonality of this, I think that was what I was struck with, sort of, it, I have seen it, and I know it, and I keep telling people, is he had just been up on Capitol Hill wearing his suit and tie, visiting President Trump, being super earnest, Senator, I'm here to really cooperate with you. You know, I'm interested in regulation. I'm interested in this. And he just got off with a great, easy fine from the FTC, $5 $5 billion, which should have been 10 times the amount. So why have this attitude? Like, I guess he can't hide it, Like, right? Like, un- underneath the disdain for Washington and, and any kind of control on their on- nonstop party of Sil- in Silicon Valley, they're victimized if they don't do it. That's what I felt. The victimization, poor little me, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, in the, in the transcript, there are many places where he is deferential to the government, talks about wanting to work with the government, and of course it's easy to say that, because usually government regulation winds up benefiting the entrenched powers, right? So there's actually very good self-interested reasons to want regulation, and I think Zuckerberg wants them. I think, you know, when you're hearing him say, we're going to go to the mat and fight, part of the job being a a CEO is to be a cheerleader. And and when the troops are uh, restless, you stand up and you say, don't worry about it, we got this, we're putting together a team, you know, we're going to go fight them. So I think this is exactly what you would expect somebody in, in Zuckerberg's position to say. Oh, you're so kind, Casey.
1: (laughs) That's why you're so good. That's why this piece is so good. It just lays it out there. It's like he let it let's hear from Mark Zuckerberg, which I think is important. I think that's true too. He lets it out sometimes in interviews with me by accident, he trips. And then you see. But I think it's really fascinating to hear his voice. So you really do get his – it really did get his point of view that I am familiar with and I think you are. Yeah,
3: and I, and I think that's why he shared it on his own Facebook page, you know? Like in part, like I do think that they fell a little bit backed into a corner because it, it sort of looked like he was, you know, talking about the government behind its back. So they wanted to get out in front of it. But also like the story really does – Oh, I
1: didn't know that. Yeah, he put it on his yeah so
3: Zuckerberg posted, on posted it on him. his own page and said like this, this, this conversation wasn't <laughs> okay, supposed to be public, but, but now it is. Go, go take a look. The dog Eats itself. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So we, we do uh, appreciate the the, the link um, from Zuckerberg there.
1: Thanks, Mark. Um,
3: but uh, yeah, they they want to kind of take take ownership back back of that narrative.
1: That's actually a smart move on their part. What where does it go from here? What do you what do you think the impact's going to be? Washington's all like, uh, and you know the the detractors are like. Uh. <laughs> And then the tech bros are like, so what? So what? Big deal. Yeah,
3: I mean, the you know, my mentions have mostly been Elizabeth Warren Stan saying, yes, queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have also <laughs> been a lot of Silicon Valley tech people saying, like what a what a smart and thoughtful leader and honestly like to me that like that just makes me feel good as a reporter um like th- in a case like this like who cares about my opinion just like read it and like right. think about it and reflect on the size yeah. and power of this company and what it means and and see how the CEO thinks about it and and watch him talk about it more candidly than than he usually does in public like to me that's the value of it
1: so scott yeah Shman- Sh- Schmacy, what do you think
2: uh so well, I, I want to ask you: What do you think is sure. the most uh, newsworthy item in that story, or what? What do you think is most surprising? Or you know, I, I think I,
1: you get a viewpoint of him. I think yeah. overall, a lot of this stuff. You know, I think the Warren things is not a surprise, of course, uh, but he hasn't said it publicly, so that's interesting. Like the the the, the disdain of Warren. I think the. That the the fear of TikTok, which he we know they have to have, but he says it, like obviously in sort of his bluster about them because they're real good. Um I think that uh, you know, I think it's it's a very typical meeting that a lot of people are in in Silicon Valley, but at the same time, nobody gets to hear it. And so he puts on his best, you know, big boy pants and tie and comes to Washington. and it's all nothing burgers. And this is an actually interesting discussion. that's my that's my takeaway from that.
2: Yeah, I thought the thing that kind of struck me uh, as someone who, you know, has, I've never managed a big company, but I manage small and medium-sized companies, is that people are recording his conversations and then turning it over to Casey Newton. Uh, right. It just, it creates, I would, that would send a chill over me every time. I mean, I don't know how big or how small these meetings were, but it kind of, you know, it's reminiscent of people, every everyone deciding to blow a whistle on on Mark on Mark Zuckerberg. I thought the interesting thing, first off, you were right. The big winner here is Senator Warren. He's kind of identified her as as the most likely candidate to win uh, the nomination. The other thing that was sort of interesting was their strategy uh, to take on TikTok. Because if you look at Lasso, kind of their response to TikTok, which Mm -hmm. is a direct ripoff, it doesn't look like they've been putting the resources into it that they put into other products. And I was under the impression that they were just going to you know, as you would put it, adopt or shoplift some of the features of TikTok into Instagram and then use their billion users in Insta um, versus their 500 million on TikTok to try and overwhelm it. And I wonder, yeah. I also wonder if just in the last month if uh, TikTok has lost any, any momentum. TikTok is really interesting. It's, I mean, it's clearly, it's sort of at that point where it's either going to, you know, bump up against um, the, the Titanic or the, the big ship, the mother ship that is Facebook and bounce off of it. Or it's going to actually ram it and start, you know, show that there is that, you know, the disruptor can be disrupted. But I didn't find, you know, it's sort of it's it's like pornography. It's Silicon Valley pornography to to hear something that you weren't supposed to hear. But it Mm -hmm. was sort of like there wasn't really anything I would argue that surprised me. Um I thought right, the but you're thing, an insider
1: Scott. I mean yep. here, here's the thing. I people's obsession with the leaker. Like yeah. listen to what he's saying. Like yeah. who the freak cares who leaked on him? There's a million people in these things. It happened to Tim Armstrong many years ago. I don't know if you remember with the pregnant thing. Like every day, that. every it's happened to Bush. It happened yeah. to remember Romney or whatever. I mean, yeah. this is oh, something yeah, everyone's got to realize that they're on, t- they're on all the time. And courtesy of Mark Zuckerberg, everybody's on all the time. So yeah, too bad that point. he gets taped. I don't care. Like it's a typical insider media obsession with that. Um, I don't care. It's, I think it's just a really. He actually spoke like he actually speaks, and yeah. he's got to understand that everybody's listening at all times. And maybe he didn't get that lesson. I'm not sure why he didn't. But everything he says is, you know, this is a man that covers up his camera. Like he's got to know people are listening. And so I do think there's just the tonality is very, mar- very defensive. Um, you know, it, it feels like I've been in like a Google uh, all hands like this and they're like – they were even more sort of out there trash talking people. I thought the the most interesting part – there's so many interesting parts to this. But the interesting part I thought was sort of the trashing of Twitter for what's mm-hmm. the point. Like that was petty. It was so Gatesian. It was so Gatesian to me um, where who, who was his mentor? So um, I just – he seemed very vulnerable for someone who, uh, who shouldn't be vulnerable in any way. I thought that was what was interesting about it
2: yeah the twitter the Twitter comment was sort of telling i 'm convinced that they keep Twitter in business so they can claim they have a competitor yeah. that they could crush them at any moment the also the notion this this kind of national champions argument that we 're the only ones that yeah. can solve the doing you know the problems of our own making uh, that size matters yeah they are building and there's there is an argument that they're, that the amount of r and d they 're investing they 're kind of making these nation state like investments in quote unquote cybersecurity or whatever you want to call it elections hacking but there's some some pretty simple solutions here one if they refuse to take any political advertising and they implemented mandatory identification for people on the platform which would substantially slow their supernova business model but that's you know that there are some I don't want to call them easy fixes Or if they did what, you know, is going to probably happen to them, be broken up. But if they're too big, if they're too big to fail, if they're too big to be broken up and their size creates natural monopoly-like benefits, like a power company like a utility Mm -hmm. where it makes sense to have one big player, as he is arguing, then we regulate those companies. We call them natural monopolies and we put in regulators and we say, okay, we're going to see everything you do. We're going to make sure that you're not squashing competition. We're going to make sure that you're not – Enabling bad actors, so it's kind of one or the other, boss. Either, either you're too big to be broken up, and or you're the only one. The natural monopoly argument; and need to be regulated, or you, or, yeah. or you're going to be broken. Common up. Common
1: carrier or something like that. That's you know, yeah. we'll be talking a little bit about Trump on Twitter in the next point, but I do think that they, they, I think they were super defensive. One thing that continues to strike me about Facebook is, you know, he never talks about products. Like he talks about copying other people's products. Talks about fighting back at the government. Where's the talk about things they're making? Like, this has always been a company that is not as interested in the product as they should be. And that's why. They're just not as—that's why they have to use these, like, muscly things. And I think if he focused more on product, and st- he'd be better off. His own product, that he thinks of himself, not that he copies from other people. This has been an ongoing story at Facebook. They, he's always scared of something, and then they copy it, and they're either successful, whether it's a phone, whether it's a—whatever's whatever, whatever's the hot thing of the day. Uh, you know, he's sort of in the only the paranoid survive mentality. But I'd really wish he would just use his creativity and maybe make something fresh and original. And that's my disappointment with Facebook. It's like, it's just dull. It's just a dull company. And and, and, and I wish he would, I just wish they would focus on that. And it's maybe it's just not this company. It's a copycat. It's a really good copycat. And look, Walmart did that a lot. A lot of companies do that. They have one good idea and then they copy the rest of their lives. So, I don't know. One question I have for you. So, does this make Elizabeth Warren more likable because Facebook is so unlikable? Someone on Twitter yesterday was tweeting, uh, here's how Mark can stop uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, uh, support her.
2: Well, first (laughs) off, I don't don't think it's fair to say they're not being innovative around new products. I mean, haven't you gone out and purchased the Portal TV? (laughs) They have now— you know, they now have a, a product where you turn— Someone gave it to me, turn... and
1: I I'll put it in the closet and covered no, it with the blanket. No, not the actual portal.
2: Ahead. They now have a product where you can turn your home television into the monitor for Portal TV, and you put sort of a soundbar above it. Anyways, does it make Elizabeth more likable? No, it makes it more formidable. And I think if you—you you know, you get asked for predictions a lot. I get asked a lot for predictions around 2020 all the time. And my current prediction and subject to change is uh, it's Warren losing to Trump. Um, I just don't think— um, I don't uh, – you know, she hands down has ran the best campaign by far of the Democrats. She has so much momentum right now. She does look right now – right now she looks like she's going to be the nominee. Um, you know, the, the and this sounds awful and I'm not – I'll vote for her and I'll canvass for her. But the incredibly impressive older white woman substantive who's not likable, we've tried that and it was a disaster. She's kind of Angela Merkel minus the charm. And I just think that doesn't, that doesn't work. But she right now has the most momentum. It's no doubt about it. She's the one that – he sort of has anointed her, you know, one of the brightest people in the world, has said she's going to be the nominee. So she if, – if anyone came out of that conversation as a winner, hands down, it was uh, Senator Warren. And by the way, she had 12,000 people there at Union Square Park yeah. last week. I, and I mean, think you're just underestimating incredible. her in her You might be right. You know, I'm not underestimating her. I think and, you're, you're overestimating the, the, the U.S. public.
1: And the rot – in the Trump administration right now, it's yeah, like it's look. Ugly. It's been le- look at the look at the piece on the uh, we we're not joking about these shootings. Everybody's dropping a dime. I've, I cover I when as a reporter, this is going nowhere but down. Like everyone's gonna like drop a dime, yeah. and he doesn't have control of it as and he's got really shitty people around him. Like that's you know what I mean. They're not like killers. It's like it's not like it's you know Lee Atwater and company around him. This is like the
2: dumb it, it and It does feel like around. the B League. Yeah. So yeah. we'll
1: see. I mean, it just a lot of his stuff has got is just a mistake. Everything he's doing, is a, and, I, and I and I again as someone who's watched every episode of The Apprentice, this is the moment everybody got tired of him. Like everybody got tired of him, and I remember that moment, and the ratings went down. His ratings are about to dip rather significantly.
2: Well, it'll be you know? interesting. It'll be also interesting. I, I've always believed it's all about the economy. That if we go into you know if we hit if quote unquote his. His growth agenda and juicing the marketplace with $2 trillion in debt results in Q1 and Q2 of next year unleashing growth, and there's an argument for it. Or we'll if we see. go into I think people recession, are worried, though. I mean,
1: let me just read a quote from uh, New York Magazine. Thank you for mentioning me in that article and, and pivot. I appreciate it. Did I not? No, you uh, didn't. Okay. No, it's okay. It's all about you, yeah. Scott. CNBC wants to be friends with Jamie Dimon, Masayoshi Son. It's hard to believe that the prom queen is addicted to diet pills and a heroin addict. The fall from grace here has been so dramatic and yet so fucking obvious. That was a great quote. Thanks that for was that. That a
2: hell of a quote. Thanks for that. Yeah. So how,
1: do you, how do you feel about this? Like, it's a distressed asset. That's what you wrote.
2: Yeah. So this is, I mean, there's just going to be so much. This is so interesting because I don't think in the history of business we've seen a decline. We've seen falls this great. We've never seen falls this precipitous or happen this fast. So 24 days ago, Goldman was quoting that, uh, was saying, estimating this company was going public at 60 to $90 billion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so and now it's not only zero. I believe if you if you, let's play this out. Right. So you're the two guys. You're Sebastian. And uh, who's the other one? Sebastian and Gunter or Sebastian. Günter, and whatever. No, yeah, Martin. Them. Oh, shit. I What's the know. third one? Anyways, they're great you're the new co-CEOs and you have basically six months. They run out of money. They have $2.5 billion in cash. They have to keep a half a billion dollars in reserve because of loan covenants. So you got $2 billion to play with, but you're burning $60 million a week or $700 million a quarter, which means you hit a wall, a flaming wall at the end of Q1. And SoftBank is the only one that will put money into this. And there's nothing worse than losing $12 billion than losing, you know, except for losing $14 billion. So these guys mm-hmm. basically have to come back with there's such an incredible triage plan that says we're firing 500 people a week. We're closing. cutting. Mm-hmm. We're closing 40 WeWork offices. We're in negotiations with people everywhere, HR lawyers everywhere, avoiding lawsuits everywhere, and they have to come back with a plan to Massasan to say, "Look, if you put another one to two billion in, which they will need some additional capital." In two years, if we execute perfectly, if we execute perfectly, this thing might be worth three to five billion. And I think the cold, hard calculus that begins to emerge or distill or come into view for Softbank and Monsana was the only source of capital at this point and their only life raft, will be, you know what? We should just rip the Band-Aid off now, declare chapter 11, and then we can blame it on Adam Newman because in three mm-hmm. months they're going to own this. If, right. it, if it goes, the, the, the kind of risk-adjusted upside here is going to be much less than the risk-adjusted downside, given all the risks. And I think there's a good chance in the next four to eight weeks, we see, we decide, you know what, it was Adam's fault. We didn't realize what had gone on here. And they declare bankruptcy through the whole thing. And then they cherry-pick out one or 200 offices and restructure the thing, or it might be a prepack. The other interesting question here. Is on those seven hundred million dollars uh, in of, of sales. Not all of them were sales. Some of them were lines of credit. A lot of them were mortgages on big buildings for Adam Newman. My question is, and the really interesting question here, who and he is by by uh, he is absolutely going to have to go into like kind of the unicorn protection program. There's going to be <laughs> such. Anger towards him, and I'll Does come back. Did he to keep to, all
1: the money? It's not clear. Someone well, was borrowed, that's the right?
2: correct question because if it was lines of credit and any sort of debt, the question is: Was it secured by his stock? At which yeah. point, the people who are screwed are J.P. Morgan and the people who lent him that money, guaranteed by the stock, which is worthless because he'll just say, "Okay, boss, here's your stock." If you can't pay them back, what'll be really interesting is: Did he sign personal guarantees? Mm-hmm. Because if he signed personal guarantees. There's a chance we might see two bankruptcies here—a corporate bankruptcy and a personal bankruptcy. Yeah. So there's the, the term, the term we work, Adam Newman, and bankruptcy are going to be bandied around more in the next um, in the next few weeks. But we, I, this is—I'm obsessed so with this. So do you feel guilty, Scott? Do I feel guilty? Yeah. Uh, I feel it's your fault I, the whole I, I do, but not for this. There's a lot. I have a lot of <laughs> things in my life I've felt guilty for. We is not one of them.
1: No, the problem is the business. You're right. You're just pointing it out. You just pointed it out. Well, not the like emperor, that,
2: there's, no clothes. There's, there's an enormous silver lining here, and that is that Adam Newman, SoftBank, and unfortunately, we'll come back to them, the employees, are the ones that incurred $50 billion in notional losses, had the consensual hallucination gone on for another 30 days, then it would've been retail investors that would've lost $50 billion. They would've incurred the downside here. So yeah. I actually think this is the probably the biggest victory for the markets, although it's it's already queered the IPO class for 2019. Uh, Remember our prediction at the beginning of the year that the IPO class would lose more money than it made? We're about to get there. It got off to a strong start. Now they've almost, you know, two thirds of them have lost money. So on a gross basis, the IPO class is probably gonna be a net loser by the end of the year everyone's saying we're going out later in the year. Airbnb looks at the shit show that is these IPOs and says we're going to do a direct listing. I mean, there's so many ramifications. And you, the NYC yeah. and the NASDAQ are going to get hurt. Investment banks are going to lose IPO fees. There, there's a whole ecosystem of lawyers. The whole entire IPO has been threatened yep. by yep. this notion. Scott, all because of you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's,
1: you're going to take Trump down. That's what you're a good There's a bunch of to- hounds, but
2: there's only one dog that's the Grande Faro. <laughs> Here he is. Look at him. He's just back from The Groomer. <laughs> there is going to be oh no living with you Thank anymore. You.
1: Anyway, it's time to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about wins and fails and our predictions this week. We'll be back after this.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Okay, we're back now. We talked about Facebook. We talked a little bit about your we, your we situation. We, Scott. Um, Scott, there's a lot going on this week. What is your first win or fail?
2: Well, first off, Kara, and I, I, you don't know much about me because you continue not to make the requisite investments in our relationship. Right. But uh, we, we, the Galloways, got a new puppy. We oh. got a dog. And, is that a uh,
1: fail or a win?
2: Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, That's but a big commitment. It is a big commitment to join our, our – Our. we have a dog, a, a 13-year-old uh, Vichla, a Hungarian Vichla, who's just been the, kind of an enormous source, source of joy for us. Uh, and we got her about the same time um, uh, our, our oldest son was born. But anyways, uh, we I really wanted a steel blue Great Dane. I grew up with a Great Dane. I think they're just such gentle giants. I've just Great dreamt. Great
1: Dane? That's your dog?
2: I want two things. I want two material <laughs> things in life. The, the, I want a steel blue Great Dane, and I want a Bombardier Challenger 300 with a Devon 10-seat configuration. To put configuration. the steel
1: blue Great Dane on, presumably, because no, you're not going to ever about, travel again.
2: If I say to people, hey, let's go to Vegas, like, I'm not going to Vegas with that guy. But if I say, hey, let's go to Vegas and like Challenger 300, they're like, yeah, I'll go with that guy. He's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, that's not going to happen. So, I kind of deferred to the steel blue Great Dane, totally indulgent, way too big a dog. And of course, huge
1: friggin' dog. I have like rescue dog, tiny rescue dogs.
2: Okay. So, that's that's the story. So, my family, of course, comes home with a rescue dog from Puerto Rico that we think is a dachshund. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. It could be a Doberman, as far as we know, mm-hmm. but I was thinking, Kara, I think it's nice. I was all bummed out at the beginning. Like the only thing I wanted was a steel blue Great Dane. Blah blah, poor me. But I think it's nice. I was thinking about the fact that I get overridden so much as a function that I, I have attached to people, and that I'm no longer in control of my life. It's in the short term, it's sometimes frustrating, but it's a good thing that 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 there are people that just have taken away a lot of my decisions, if you will. So Anyways, you didn't
1: get this dog. You don't have this dog.
2: Oh, no, we a have a dog. dog. We have a tiny little—we think it's a dachshund. I don't know what it is. I mean, he's a he's a lovely little, little What's guy. What's the dog's name? Scott? Well, that's so the we thing. I had a naming contest on Twitter. And everyone—the the two biggest names were Newman and Gangster. <laughs> and so, of course, I loved Gangster. And I, I, I did my best job on my 9- and 12-year-olds. I'm like, we're calling it Gangster. And they said they thought it was hilarious. And I'm like, no, we want to call it Felix. So, Kara, we settled at Felix. Oh, my so God. So, Felix, the rescue dog, is now in the Galloway Felix? household. The Felix is
1: a cat, the wonderful, wonderful cat.
2: Oh, that hurts. Oh, I you're know, right. I'm there was a saying. cat named Felix. You should have
1: stuck with gangster. And that one, you uh, should have made get up nothing. and I take out get, in the name. I don't least, get the Jet. I
2: don't dog. get the Great Dane. <laughs> I get the rescue Puerto Rican mutt Someday. Called Felix. I'm going to get you a
1: Great Dane someday. I appreciate for your, that. For your dotage. I'm going to get you, you a great danger, and then it's, it's going to make you break a hip, and I'm going to feel bit, slightly bad about that.
2: Yeah, they, those things get hip dysplasia. I'm going to get hip dysplasia pretty Probably soon. not.
1: The two of you can have bad hips together. I probably wouldn't feel bad.
2: You know, there you go. There you have it.
1: All right. So your win is your dog. My win is, my, your win is my dog. I have
2: two fails. Do you have any fails? I have two fails. No, go fails. ahead.
1: Go for it. Right.
2: Um, so the first is um, I think that they're in every cohort, if you will. There are laws that we're all subject to, but every cohort kind of has its own code, and that is a certain set of rules that they abide by. And academia, for the most part, like venture capitalists, we don't say critical or we try to avoid saying outright critical things of each other. There's peer review where you actually you question each other's research, but as a whole, you don't see a Harvard economist calling a University of Chicago economist an ass or an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, then, VCs, have you noticed venture capitalists? Is it's full body contact competition, but they never—they yeah. have kind of this white guy cashmere club, as you would call, it, where they don't say never anything negative about each other. World leaders have a code, and that is they don't uh, assassinate each other. They've decided if we start killing each other, it's just generally bad. Well, we're every all kinda, now and
1: then, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
2: but for the most part, they're like we're really fond of this thing called life. So as a general rule, we don't assassinate uh, world leaders, and we also, as a rule, the mob has a rule, and that is they don't go after families, they don't kill families because they're all fond of their families and they sort of have an unwritten pact that we don't go after families. Yeah. I, I would be, if I, was the, if I was Donald or Ivanka, or what's the other one? The Eric, one that's on SR. Eric. Er, Eric Trump or Tiffany, I'd be very worried right now because what, what basically what Donald Trump has said is that it's okay to go after kids. And he's when he enlists foreign governments to kind of go after Hunter Biden and basically accuse him of things that he could end up in jail for and use the office to well, attack the children. they're not
1: true according to every well, single report, but go yeah, ahead.
2: If they were, well, look, they're, they're, according to Fox, there's real credibility there, so I believe yeah, whatever. it. Anyway, at some point, there's going to be another president. And at some point, that president's going to have political allies uh, across the geopolitical spectrum. And what if that president decides to go after you know, Don Junior. I bet there's a. It just, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't realize. Look, you don't go after people's kids with these BS accusations and China enlist foreign governments to go after people's children. And yeah, he's, he'd never he's, do
1: that because he never does anything like that. Come on, this is like his whole jam is is just. It is so short sighted, and, and
2: it shows such a lack of perspective around his own family. It's just—it's it's a, a total break of code.
1: Toxic narcissist. How else would he do this? He doesn't care about his kids. Narcissist.
2: A, um, a And then he my other loss is that uh, uh, people. Or I don't think the media has been focusing around We on what is kind of, the, in my view, one of the more interesting stories. And in that it's just 30 days ago, there were three to five thousand new millionaires, and that is the employees that had been at We longer than two or three years, probably all had at least a million dollars in equity value based on the valuation they were certain they were going public at. And I've been in the I've been in these shoes before when I was in my early thirties and red envelope was supposed to go public at a six to eight hundred million dollar valuation. It is impossible when you get near the goal line not to start counting your money. It's impossible. Yeah.
1: I heard from someone from WME this week about that. They're like I was buying a house.
2: Well, it's impossible. Not not buying
1: a house now. It's
2: impossible for your husband not to be looking at bigger houses. It's impossible not to call your parents and say, "Hey, let's start looking into that family cruise and reunion we've always wanted." It's impossible to think. Wouldn't it be great to get a two-bedroom and think about another kid? And you can imagine, three to five thousand people have literally gone from say one to ten million dollars in wealth they had to zero. And it's it's like oh well okay it's easy to be cynical it couldn't happen to a nicer group of people but you know what it's real that's a lot of heartache and you're about to see an amount a level of animosity unleashed think about this I'm a I'm a nice person I work hard I make hundred and thirty thousand dollars as a VP of operations at this cool company called We which after taxes isn't a lot of money to barely enough money to think about a kid living in Hoboken or Brooklyn. And all of a sudden, oh, but wait, I have $3 million in we, and I've worked my ass off for the last three years and listened to all this Jesus talk, but it's finally paying off. I'm finally going to have a nest egg here. Oh, wait, am I going to have health insurance? I mean, that's the question now. Am I going to have to apply for COBRA to have health insurance? So. There's – I think the real toll here – everyone's talking about SoftBank. Eh, who gives a fuck? They're going to be fine. Yeah, I don't care
1: if they lose money. It's
2: the, the right. real tragedy here. If there is a tragedy is um, is is uh, the employees of we who are really uh, – I would imagine really feeling you hurt right now.
1: have ruined the Brooklyn real estate market Do you think? single-handedly. Single-handedly. Do you think – I feel great cuz I can buy there now. Um but here's the deal. I it's not just them. It's also like I've heard from people at uh, William Morris and some of the other companies, uh, you know, that have seen WMA. real declines. We never
2: talked share. about WME. We never yeah. talked about that. It was a col- yeah. it's a collection of great assets yeah. that aren't profitable. So I was always I always thought how does this thing get out? Um yeah. it That's didn't. Kind of adventures, Hollywood adventures in private equity and rolling up. It'll be interesting to see. There's actually a clause in there. If I read the S one correctly, that their core asset, which is um, the UFC, the you know the cage fighting, mm-hmm. is uh, if they didn't get it public, it reverts back to KKR, I think, and that's kind of the crown jewel. So it's going to be very interesting what happens there over the next several months. I'm, I'm, yeah,
1: they've I've got to pay the agents more. There's a lot more – there's got to be a lot more investment just like with the way. You know, these agents can go anywhere. I think they're nervous. And by the way, this is not a group of people that is likes to – you know, will just tuck their tails in and be sad, You know, you know, at a coffee shop in Brooklyn that they didn't get to have the – you know – house they wanted the apartment they wanted this is a group of people who are super aggressive that don't like and the smart banking. and
2: by the way very talented. in full disclosure i'm represented by wme if you are wondering why on earth a guy like me has representation trust your instincts but it's kind of it makes sense they represent oprah adele mm-hmm. and a dog <laughs> and a dog <laughs> they, okay. i had meetings there with you them. go wme
1: I had meetings with them. I'm not represented by anybody. I've had meetings with all of them. I don't want to be represented. by Oh, anybody.
2: you have scary representation, and her name is Kara Swisher.
1: That's right. I just feel like every time I'm in these meetings, I'm like, I'm yeah. smarter than you. Yeah. Like I don't that's know. Dangerous. I That's dangerous. That thought it. is dangerous. By the way, they like they the pet way. you, don't they? They bring you special drinks and stuff like that.
2: They're actually super smart people. Super I know they smart are, but and creative I don't care. And you know, and they see. I you like the
1: I like the WMT people. I I do. I it's just I don't care.
2: You I know what they care. do? You know what they do? That's interesting. And this is what's interesting about representation of any sort. It's easier for other people to fight for you than you sometimes. It's easier for them to have interesting or difficult conversations. And also, a really good fiduciary or evangelist for you, whether it's a mentor, whether it's an agent, they can see you in a different light. And that is not, not even necessarily a better light, but they see you in a different light. And the reality I don't is, like
1: people fighting for me.
2: Oh, she, Kara, everyone needs people fighting for I'm them. I'm
1: like the Irishman.
2: Everybody needs people fighting for them. I want to them. see that
1: movie so badly. Everybody That's needs someone
2: fighting for them. All
1: right, okay, so you say. Not Kara Swisher. In any case, um, uh, my fail of the week, uh, I wrote a column in the New York Times about – Mr. Trump on Twitter. Now, interestingly, I didn't say for them to kick them off, but everybody took it that way, which was fascinating. I just suggested that he's a dangerous yeah, your
2: article. Is getting a lot of pushback. It so, is. So say it's say, not say just you pushback. think you wrote that. Summarize for the people out there. I'm going to represent you. I'm going to okay. pretend I'm Thank Erica you. who fights for you every day. Tell us about that article. Tell us about that that seminal piece that's created all this stir.
1: I was just making the point that he's continually violating it. And he does this one that he did sort of halfway with the uh, with the with the pastor, uh, you know, using his talking about civil wars was dangerous. And like, think about it. Think about what you're allowing your platform to be used for. And then last night he did it. That It's a coup and a regular impeachment inquiry, which is completely normal. Yeah. It's not completely normal, but it's not out of bounds of this country. It's it, it's done in the correct process, just like the whistleblower is uh, it, 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 has been doing things the correct way. He's saying words like coup on Twitter. The president is—I'm is, is, just saying this is—we're this. We're in a different zone, and maybe you should— uh, maybe we should think hard about what this means. And everybody came in. There wasn't a lot. There was. There was also support of it. It's really interesting. Kamala Harris, for example, was like c- kick him off Twitter. But other people had good ideas. Maybe limit his likes. Maybe not limit retweets. Maybe that, do something to indicate that this this kind of language, like the president of the United States, saying something's a coup, that is a that is 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 dangerous. And it, it goes. You can just look at any of the rules of Twitter that he's um you know he's he's done and you know i'm not saying it's an easy situation and i and i wrote I, they'd be daunted by the incredible responsibility and so i just i'm just want people to think about what is happening here um because essentially they're they're uh, it's a, it's been hijacked by those who want to take as i said advantage of its porous and sloppy rules uh, and poorly enforced rules and so it's just an interesting situation um and it's scary and i wanted to point it out and then everyone's got on their high horse whether they're like First Amendment which I'm like it doesn't apply to Twitter like I just I have to sit there and explain people what the First Amendment is which is exhausting um and then free speech and I'm like eh, not so much it's not really a thing actually um and then you have others that say knock them off of Twitter I just want to hear all the, the things I was just trying to cause a ruckus which I which I think I did so you
2: y- you right now remind me of Toronto Denver and Columbus Ohio when they okay. submitted when they submitted their RFP or their proposal to be the hQ2 of Amazon and it's just so adorable that you think that you have any chance this is going to happen. Oh, I don't think I it's going to happen. Look at oh, I do not think need, it's going to happen. All you need is a stock chart of Twitter from the IPO to Donald Trump's election. It's basically get it. gets cut in half. And since the day he was elected, it's yep. doubled in value. Yeah, Literally, but look what happened when Donald I started Trump,
1: suggesting regulation four years ago. We're <laughs> Donald Trump on it. has
2: given Jack Dorsey a half a billion dollars. Every employee at Twitter is going to go into that voting no, booth. I want them to feel And they're going to pull Trump.
1: No, I'm going to tell you I want them to feel bad. I want them to feel terrible. I want them to feel awful about what's happening on that thing. And that's that's my job. I'm I'm just going to point it out.
2: I am so addicted to Twitter. You're not addicted to Twitter? I am a little bit, but that's okay. If it
1: went away tomorrow, I'd be fine. Like, I don't care. Like, it's – I like it, That you know, it's like I liked a lot of things. And so I think that they, I think it's just an interesting thing just to, you're like hyper cynical. I think there are, you know, once you start, like, we work, you suggested the math issues. I have
2: people fighting for me, Kara. No, I'm just I saying, you suggested
1: WeWork's math was off, and look what happened. I suggested a couple of years ago that maybe tech responsibility is something we should think about and continue to bang on that drum, and look where we are. I think we do have nowhere. We're
2: fucking nowhere. Yeah, look no, where we are. You're so wrong. Bang louder. You're Bang wrong. louder. You need wrong. representatives banging with you. No, we no, need champions. Don't stop Where's trying Erica? to get me an
1: agent. Oh, God. Why would I pay him oh, 15% got, I'll be of my i agent. Creativity. I would love to
2: represent you. If,
1: unless I have to, like a lawyer. Unless I have to, I'm not Ooh, hiring. God, that's scary. I hire smart people who work with me. That's what yeah. I do. That's not to say. I don't have smart people working with me. Everybody anyway, we're a, not going to argue about everybody this. You needs need people a rescue from Puerto to pet Rico you an, up and down an all day. That's what you need.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what that's, I need at this that's point.
1: You need a Great Dane is what you need. Now, predictions. That'd be awesome.
2: Okay, so I'm the I'm the one trick pony here. Uh, in the next sixty days, we have a bankruptcy at We. Um, okay. And so sixty days, bankruptcy.
1: All right. And then what is the next uh, Jesus founder that's going to be ousted?
2: You know, that's a really uh, I, I read that in the in the script. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I've been so focused on. This is, you know, the, right now there really is only one Jesus, and he's in, you know, the Unicorn Protection Program. We haven't, we haven't seen or heard much from him. You know these people better than I do. Is there anyone that kind of is guilty? I, I call it the Yoga Babel Index. Is there any company or or individual who you think is is kind of off the Richter scale in terms of their level of ratio of bullshit? You know what? It, it, companies used to have numbers in the narrative. So if hmm. someone someone accused Mark Benioff. Of this yoga babble and talking about society, but yeah. when you when you deliver the numbers first, he
1: delivers the numbers. Yeah,
2: you have the right to engage in some yoga babble, and it, it's actually a good thing. It, it's numbers then narrative, and what a lot of young CEOs in the unicorn era have forget, have flipped is they think they can skip the numbers part and move right to the narrative around improving the world. But do you see that ratio of yoga babble? Well, what to company bullshit? are you looking
1: at now, yoga babble or not? Which one are you like? mm-mm, No, no, no. What's your opinion?
2: So, the company I would love to see numbers on is Palantir. Yeah, that's.
1: Interesting.
2: Um, I would be very curious to see w- what that looks like, and uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to see the S one on that. We will. We will. Uh, WME uh, didn't get out. I didn't think that was. I didn't think that was yoga babble. I thought that was um, um, just a collection of assets that they were, they were trying to pull a WPP where they smooth out a bunch of great assets. But the problem was WPP was very profitable and WME wasn't. I just couldn't figure that out. Um, Peloton is probably going to get pelted. Kind of the, it's a great company. It's it's wildly overvalued. But I don't see. I'm trying to think if there's another company that's engaging in this sort of yoga babble, and I don't. Yeah. I haven't identified it. I haven't seen the next one. And also, I want well, to. Well,
1: Uber, ki- you've been whacking at Uber. Quite
2: well, a bit. that's old news. That thing's off. That thing's off fifty to eighty percent in the next twenty-four yeah, months because they've so, got to maintain the growth story. And who is, no is going to play there. There.
1: Ronnie Mola from Rico? Asked on Twitter Who will play Adam Newman in the movie? And our, one of our producers, Eric Johnson, said it should be Adam Driver who that's plays Kyler. That's perfect. Isn't it?
2: That's perfect. You like that? That's perfect. You I like, like it, that? although I'm absolutely lobbing my—or throwing my hat in. I want to play Rebecca Newman. Don't you <laughs> think I'd wave. be an awesome Rebecca Newman? <laughs> Seriously, look at me. Imagine me with black hair and, a, and a, like, a, a dress. By the way, oh I have more legs than a bucket of chicken as a woman. I have perfect <laughs> legs for a woman. Anyways, and I just want to be in the scene where she meets with people for five minutes and says, I don't like your energy. You're fired. I like that. Oh, my that. God. I don't know if you that's mythology. You do that already.
1: I think you do that already. I got to do an investigative look into Scott Galloway's company. I'm going to talk to your employees and see what Anna, they have to say.
2: Chipotle, after yeah, hours, a little Cialis. That's about it. <laughs> that's about it. Who's going to play itch. you
1: in the movie? Who's going to play Scott Galloway in the movie? If you could pick. And Bruce it's not Stern. Scott Galloway.
2: Bruce Dern. We're bringing back Bruce Dern. You don't know Bruce Stern:. Oh, my Stern? God. That's,
1: of course I do. That's perfect. Coming
2: home. Yeah, I know. I, everyone said that. Said, said, uh, or either him or we're bringing back underrated or tennis Dern star Ivan Lendl. Either Ivan Lendl or Bruce Dern. The big dog story. Ivan Lendl? Yeah. And by the way, not that I'm obsessed tennis with— tennis player? Remember him? Yes. Well, let's get creative. You need a representative to be creative. <laughs> See you in a different light. That's right. Oh,
1: my God. What, do you work for Ari Emanuel? He calls uh, me now and again, you know. Does he? Like, he's a funny guy. I'm thinking yeah. of bringing him back to code this year because he was so crazy when he was there. But I think maybe not so much he's going to want to talk right this year.
2: I like what the idea think? of the two of you next to each other. That's definitely a chocolate oh, and on peanut on butter. Oh, you that's right. that one. Oh, yeah. That's right. No, you will he's say scary. That. You He'll scare the that. shit out of you. You always promise that. So, Kara Swisher, what are you up to? We're talking about code. Code's like seven <laughs> months code. off, and you're already pimping it.
1: I'm already pimping it. It's, I, no. I, I, I'm working on that. I'm doing lots of stuff. I'm I, I'm I'm gonna have a baby soon. Uh, not that is crazy. Me, myself, but
2: my I just think that's uh, crazy.
1: I I'm, go, I'm doing a, I'm doing tons and tons of interviews. I got we got a live uh, a pivot in New York in uh, two weeks. I think uh, we've got a live pivot in San Francisco. It's it pretty much Scott Galloway and the baby. That is really my life at this point. It's a sad. That situation. makes me feel
2: warm all over when you said that. <laughs> that was nice. Thank you. And Good only stuff. one
1: of them is whiny, crying, and spits up go. all the time. And
2: there you the go. Baby. They're both <laughs> adorable, though. They're both adorable. Yeah, Sit, that's exciting. Boy. Exciting Sit. for you. Exciting Sit. for you.
1: That's what you tell the dog and Scott Galloway. Sit.
2: All right. Enough of us. I'm Power sick of, of us, and I love us.
1: All That's, right, we got the
2: piece out here. Wrap it up. Bring I, it home. Right. I've
1: got to go out and buy canned food for my Civil War 2020 bunker. Anyway, uh, I will talk to you next week. I'm so excited for you and your dog and everything else. And, and really, you Felix. did a great job on WeWork. I, I, I kid all much, but really, it's a, it's a, it's a public service at you pointing that oh, out. Yeah, and, and, right. And, and us public amplifying service. it. Yeah, it's I
2: think, a think you're being generous. Public service, Scott you. Galloway.
1: I salute you.
2: Yeah. Thank you there so you much. Thank you, Kara.
1: Today's show was produced by Erica Anderson and Eric Johnson. Thanks also to Rebecca Sinanis, Rebecca Castro, Drew Burrows, and Nishad Kerwa. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you like this week's episode, leave us a review. If you have suggestions for what you want to hear us talk about on the future show, send us an email, pivot at voxmedia.com. we got to bring back some reader mail soon. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business.